0: Tomorrow night in Iowa, voters will finally start the process of picking the next president of the United States. And a lot happened in the week leading up to the Republican caucuses.
1: And she's going to get smoked. And you and I both know it. She's not up to this.
0: Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie actually dropped out of the race, but not before being caught on a hot mic appearing to criticize former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. Vivek Ramaswamy battled a monster snowstorm to make his final pitch to voters. If the people of this state respect this process enough to show up to hear from me, I need to
2: show the process enough respect to show up to hear from them.
0: Meanwhile, Haley and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis debated each other on CNN.
2: When she was governor, she did
1: bring Syrian refugees, and she got criticized for that. That is uh, not she true. She also, in does her comment, hold, on on. Second, hold on one second, governor. That we'll, is we'll, not we'll, we'll, true. And
0: former President Donald Trump, who remains the frontrunner, well, at one point his schedule looked like this: Tuesday, he was in a courtroom in Washington D.C. Wednesday, Iowa for a Fox News town hall. He skipped the debate. Thursday, back in court, this time in New York City.
1: So I just want to let you know that. Uh, We have our best poll numbers, we have the best everything, despite this, and maybe because of this, because the people of the United States, all of those people back there, but the people of the United States really get it. They get it better than anybody else. Yeah, please.
0: And we've said it before, the courtroom is the campaign trail for Trump. It's baked into his political strategy. And so far, it's working. But as more and more Republicans step up to make their voices heard in the weeks ahead, the question is... How many of them will say, we want somebody else? My guest this week is CNN Chief National Correspondent John King. For most of the last year, he's been having these in-depth conversations with voters in Iowa and all around the country as part of his project All Over the Map. Today, we're going to talk about what he's heard. From CNN, this is one thing. I'm David Ryan. John, for months and months, we have been saying that former President Trump is, you know, far and away the front runner in Iowa and for the Republican nomination, despite 91 criminal charges, despite being kicked off the ballot, for now anyway, in two states based on the 14th Amendment and the insurrection ban. Is that frontrunner status still the case as Iowans turn up to caucus?
1: All the data tell us that, David. The question is, will Iowa voters tell us that when they vote on the 15th? Uh, Look, we have a history of Iowa surprising us, right? So, you know, is it possible somebody beats Donald Trump? I think we get paid to have an open mind. We get paid to watch and wait. Uh, We shouldn't be trying to write the last chapter of the book. But all the data tells us he's overwhelmingly ahead in Iowa. So it would be a huge shock. So then the question is, you know, if he wins, how big is the win? And then how does the political class spin that? Is it a big win and he's off and running? Is there some sign of vulnerability? Uh, That will be the big conversation on late night 15th and into the 16th who are you what makes you tick? okay
2: so not, my name is betsy Sarcone. i grew up in des moines iowa um, my name is priscilla forsyth i'm a criminal defense lawyer I've been uh,
1: my name is chris mudd and i uh i own a company called midwest solar installers and, and so I'm for five a... months we've had these fascinating conversations with iowa voters because we wanted to answer that question is trump inevitable is he invincible uh and what we have found backed up by the data, is that about half of the party, you know, maybe it's a little more, maybe it's a little less, but about half of Republicans want somebody else. And I believe that that is predominantly driven, not exclusively, but driven by women, Uh, different kinds of women, which is A, what makes it interesting, and B, which leaves me saying, let's keep an open mind to the end. And so what did those conversations look like? Like, what did people tell you? So you come to the Des Moines suburbs. To me, this is the biggest question mark of the state. 60,000 new people living in the Des Moines suburbs since the 2016 caucuses when wow. you know, Ted Cruz barely beats Donald Trump. And that's the beginning of the Trump takeover of the Republican Party. 60,000 new people live there. Now, they're not all Republicans. They're not all voters. But that's a big wild card to me. That's where we meet you know, Jocelyn Taylor.
2: I just think we need to start to move on into a, a younger generation and that and Trump's right there with Biden. So he's not, I don't consider him in that, that pool of a Haley and a DeSantis. And
1: she essentially helps businesses that are looking to build new buildings. She helps manage the construction projects. Uh, She's an entrepreneur. She's a single mom. She's a working mom. She's really busy. Betsy Sarkone.
2: I think the victim mentality has run its course. I think at this point, um, you, you know, accept responsibility here. I mean, there's clearly Clearly, things going on. Um, I do. Believe Real
1: estate agent, working mom, single mom, really busy. They want no part of Trump. They voted for him before. They want to move on. They're tired of the caustic language. They're tired of the criminal stuff. They just want a new president. But then you move way down to Ringgold County in the southern part of the state, one of the most conservative counties in Iowa.
2: I love being in the pasture with the cows. Uh,
1: That's where we meet Shannon Ebersole.
2: We raise Mainan Jew cattle. Um, And we sell a lot of replacement bulls and heifers and grass-fed beef.
1: And you've been doing this how long?
2: About 25 years.
1: She's a rancher. She's got cows. It's a cattle ranch. It's a farm. She voted for Trump.
2: I love what he did for small businesses. I love what he did for agriculture. I wish he could have done it a little bit quieter.
1: (laughs) She loved the Trump economy. She loved the deregulation under Donald Trump. She hates the Trump chaos.
2: He inflamed a lot of people to do a lot of crazy things that I don't think Americans, I don't think that's really who we are.
1: She says her liberal friends are afraid if Donald Trump becomes president again. She wants to move on. Then you go out to Sioux City, you meet an attorney, Priscilla Forsyth, caucused for Trump in 2016. I like him. Why?
2: Well, he does have charisma. I mean, whether you like him or not, he does. I liked his policies. I believed he was going to do what he said he was going to do
1: voted for Trump in both 2016 and 2020. She's a lawyer. She says some of this legal stuff is probably true.
2: I think the country needs to move on. I think we need to get rid of Biden. I think we need to get rid of Trump. I think we need to move on.
1: So that's where you get, you know, an attorney in the western part of the state, very conservative, a farmer down in the southern part of the state, uh, suburban moms, more traditional, Trump kryptonite, as I call them there. So there is an interesting possibility of a coalition, because all four of those women I just mentioned are for Nikki Haley.
0: Right. I I was going to say, do they all want the same other candidate that isn't
1: Trump? They they do at the moment. And they're attracted to Nikki Haley. Uh, One of the interesting things in Iowa, though, is there are strategic conversations. Our voters are involved in these strategic conversations.
2: So if I were to go with my heart and truly pick one, it would be Nikki Haley right now.
1: Betsy Sarcone started with DeSantis, comes back toward Haley, but she says...
2: If people were going to consolidate, I would go with DeSantis. Um, that's not what I'm seeing so far. Now,
1: she's going to talk to her friends in the last minute, and if a bunch of them are going for DeSantis, she would switch back. And so that chess game, if you will, that this is my candidate, but I will up to the very last minute keep an open mind about maybe switching.
2: I think it'll just come down to right before the caucuses, to be honest.
1: That's what leaves me thinking, let's be a little fluid here and watch this out to the end because people are going to show up on caucus night, look around the room, take a read and say, okay, do I stick with the same candidate I had when I walked in the door or do I think there's something afoot here and I can help if I do something else?
0: So how else do those kind of differences maybe between Haley and DeSantis, like how are they influencing how some of these women are thinking about who they're going to vote for?
1: Early on, DeSantis had a lot more initial support or initial interest, I would say, more than support. Uh, We have seen that recede some uh, for a mix of reasons.
0: Do you think Donald Trump is not pro-life? Of course not. I mean, when,
1: when DeSantis talks saying, a lot about abortion. He's attacking Donald Trump, saying he's not pro-life enough, or he used to be so pro-life and now he's backed off, saying abortion's a bad issue for Republicans. So you have states like Iowa uh, that have enacted heartbeat bill. Florida has enacted uh, a heartbeat bill. Other states have done uh, other things, um, and so that's just, I think, where the country is right now. So we'll be somebody that will defend, uh, particularly, the rights of states to be able to enact pro-life protections now. That will help DeSantis with the evangelicals. But it does turn off a lot of conservative women, even conservative women who describe themselves as anti-abortion.
2: So for somebody to put judgment on these women that feel like they can't have a baby or another baby, um, you know, I don't feel that it's my place to judge. Um, I think that's up to them.
1: They don't want the politicians talking about this. They say, let, you know, let us decide this at the local level. Let, let us do this, but please don't have politicians. And sometimes they say, please, let's not have men lecturing us about abortion.
2: Thank you. Y'all sure do know how to make a Southern girl feel good. I appreciate that.
1: Part of it is that Haley has just come in with what they describe as a more upbeat, more optimistic message. She's,
2: from a female perspective, a woman's perspective, uh, I like where she stands on those, um, the social issues more so than some of the other candidates in the Republican Party.
1: Uh, And especially among the working moms in our group. Uh, They say, you know, let's have someone who understands the challenges that working moms face. Why don't we have that in the White House uh, for a change? So that has helped Haley.
2: What I heard out of her mouth was confidence, um, belief in what she was saying, and not worrying about the noise on the outside. It was, this is what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it.
1: Is it enough? You know, that's why we count votes on caucus night. But we have seen this sort of ebb and flow that our group originally was sort of, more pro-DeSantis, but looking at Haley. And now they're more pro-Haley with still the possibility in the end of reconsidering DeSantis. But especially after our CNN town halls, again, we checked back in with them. Among our group, those who say they're for Haley, I wouldn't call them locked in, but they're almost locked in.
0: In a world where there is this you know, narrative held by some that, that Trump is kind of inevitable and at least he'll, he'll coast in Iowa, could that depress turnout a bit and make more of a lane to give a, a boost to a Haley or a DeSantis? Or does the field still need to coalesce more around a single alternative rather than, oh, this Haley looks good, but maybe DeSantis kind of thing where, where you have that,
1: that option? You raise, I think, the fascinating question because the Trump people are so confident. And when you talk to Trump supporters like Chris Mudd, one of our Trump supporters in Iowa. Are you still where you started? I am. You know, I haven't seen anything that would uh, that would change the way I think about about Trump his family they're all in for Trump except Chris Mudd's wife is probably gonna vote for Nikki Haley but his brothers people in his family business they're all for Trump anywhere in the back of your mind do you think well wait a minute what if he's convicted on one of these will that affect his viability will that help Biden
2: no I don't I don't worry I don't worry about those indictments I don't think they're I don't think they're fair um, I think
1: Trump So do they difficult. become complacent? Does Trump seem so inevitable that if it snows, if you're having a busy day at work, if you're not feeling well, do you show up? Uh, to the Trump campaign's credit, whatever you think of Donald Trump, uh, they have a much more professional organization this time. We have these polls that show us we're 35, 40 points up. Forget them. Pretend we're one point down, like you young. Guy so there, in the front you touch on something I think that is very important. But the Trump campaign does seem to be aware of it. Boy, I tell you, the big. The biggest risk is, you say, you know, we're winning by so much, darling, let's stay home and watch television. Let's watch this great victory. And if enough people do that, it's not gonna be pretty, but we're not gonna let that happen. You know, I'm gonna be- Then the second part of your question is the, is there a consolidation? If somebody wants to come out of Iowa, maybe it's second place, but with a wow? Wow, you know, is this possible as we move on to New Hampshire and beyond? It's going to have to be more consolidation than the polls show us exist right now. You're going to be at the magic wall on caucus night? We will be 99 counties in Iowa. Uh, One of my favorites, uh, having a lot of fun on caucus night, explaining the quirky rules, uh, watching the votes come in. Uh, Iowa has changed so much. This is my 10th campaign, and Iowa is so different now than it was when I started in 1987, 1988, that for me, just the learning curve and studying the change and watching the change sometimes unfold on live television in front of you as the results feed into the magic wall. Uh, That's what makes it so fascinating. I was going
0: to say, can you give me one place or one specific trend that you're going to be looking for that would tell you like early on that, oh, this is not going the way that we thought it was going to go?
1: I'll give you two watch those Des Moines suburbs where the big population growth has been. One of the things I always focus on when you're doing an election is sure you're going to compare it to the last one, but what's new? What's different? Well, the Des Moines suburbs have grown exponentially since the last competitive Republican presidential caucus. So watch there. And then we know, we've known this for years, Donald Trump's bread and butter, his greatest strength is rural areas. Where there may only be a couple hundred votes here, a couple thousand votes there, but they're mostly for Trump. He, that's where he gets seventy percent, eighty percent. And when you add that up, you know, you take fifty small rural counties. That's how counties, you run up the score. Right. You add up all those votes. That runs it up. So if you see, you know, Trump voters coming out of the woodwork in the tiny rural counties, well, then Trump's going to win if there's some split there, if DeSantis has made inroads, if Haley has made inroads, if Ramaswamy takes away a tiny bit of the Trump base. Uh, So that's what I'll be looking for. Two places, the Des Moines suburbs, and then all those little tiny rural counties worth a couple hundred votes. But when you add them all up, they make 10,000, 15,000 and more. Uh, Watch them. Hmm. Well, we'll be watching uh,
0: right there with you. John King, thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. One Thing is a production of CNN Audio. This episode was produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our senior producer is Fez Jamil. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. Matt Dempsey is our production manager. Dan DeZula is our technical director. And Steve Lichtai is the executive producer of CNN Audio. We get support from Haley Thomas, Alex Manassari, Robert Mathers, John Dionora, Lenny Steinhardt, Jameis Andres, Nicole Pesaru, and Lisa Namarau. Special thanks to Allie Malloy and Katie Hinman. Don't forget you can follow all the results from Iowa on CNN, on CNN.com. We'll have live updates there. And of course, at the CNN Five Things podcast, we'll keep you up to date. We'll be back next week. I'll talk to you later.